Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. So head to BetOnline or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. And use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden. The Falcons just wrapped up their second victory of the season, so I am here for some instant reactions to today's 23-20 win against the Cleveland Browns, which moves the Falcons to 2-2 on the season. They're at 500, and guys, I'm going to come just right out and say it at, at the top here. They're playing like a team capable of making a strong push for the playoffs. Now, I I know that sounds very hot takey kind of at this moment, but let's do a a brief summary of the first four games, which, you know, used to be a uh, a quarter of the season. Now it's like, you know, a quarter and a quarter, but they've been in every single game. They have they should be honestly three and one right now if if we're looking at that Saints game and, and what they should have done. But again, we're talking about should and in the NFL, that doesn't matter. So they are two and two. However, they've been in every game, Saints, Rams, Seahawks, Browns. When we were looking at the schedule to start the year, this first seven game slate was obviously the hardest of the season. I had them coming out of the first four games at one and three in my initial kind of predictions uh, podcast back earlier when the schedule first dropped. They're two and two. And again, they have competed in every single one of these games. Something that I really, really appreciate um, about this coaching staff is that every game plan kind of is different and is the right plan for, I think, the opponent that they're facing. Um, They came into today's game and it felt like it was going to be a real heavyweight fight against two teams that are kind of very similar although I think the Browns are the more talented group, which is is why I'm very high on today's win. I, I think that this was a very quality win for Atlanta. Um, but they came in with a game plan that kind of they got away from a little bit. You know, when they started turning Marcus Mariota there in the second half, uh, they got a little, I think, over their skis with what they wanted to do, but they turned right back around Gave it to to Caleb Huntley and Tyler Algier. 10 straight run plays. Caleb Huntley doing most of the work. And they really uh, reestablished their ability to move the ball on the ground, which is something the Falcons are going to want to do in every single game. But I just continue to be impressed with the small little subtleties that they bring into each matchup, the way they use their inactives list, um, some of the players that they decide to lean on, like Parker Hesse coming into this year. It was clear in in training camp that they liked this dude. I mean, they kept giving him uh, a lot of looks. He was playing in every preseason game, a ton of snaps. 
Um, but he's had a big role on this team and he wasn't a huge factor in Sunday's game, but it's players like that, that the Falcons use in very smart ways that I think we don't do enough, um, to credit how they use these players. And it's very, very easy on the outside to, to not really understand, um, what the team is doing, because if you look at the surface and there are going to be a lot of people who, you know, probably Monday throughout the week, look at the box score of this game, maybe didn't watch the game, but they see Marcus Mariota, 7 of 19, 139 yards, one interception, Kyle Pitts, four targets, one catch, 25 yards. You know, the leading receiver in this game was Alameda Zacchaeus, 55 yards, Drake London, 17 yards. It's not pretty at all, but the Falcons won. And I guarantee you that is the only thing that they give a shit about because at the end of the day, you have the same record as Cleveland Browns. And yes, they don't have Deshaun Watson, but this was a team very much expected to make the playoffs in a very crowded AFC. I think they are still a very talented team, even though their defensive line, you know, was missing a ton of key starters. And I do think this game probably ends up differently if Miles Garrett plays, if Jadavian Clowney plays, um, you know, a few of the guys that they had on the defense that were banged up, but they didn't. And Atlanta did what they had to to come away with a win. And that's kind of been the theme, I think, so far through four games for this team is it doesn't always look pretty and it doesn't always have to look pretty because they are doing what it takes to win. Uh, And again, leaning on the ground game, Cordero Patterson looked great on their opening drive. I think that cutback to gain the edge and score the touchdown the first of the game um, was beautiful. It's something that we have seen from him time and again. And he is a legitimate running back in the NFL, which is insane given that he is, uh, you know, 31 years old and a kick returner, but he is very much more than that. I think I saw, um, on Twitter, somebody tweeted out basically if, if if Cordero Patterson had hooked up with Arthur Smith about 10 years ago, he'd probably be on his way to the hall of fame. (laughs) Um, and, and that's kind of what it feels like because, He's just playing extremely well at at running back. But again, if you just look at the box score, and I I know he missed a good bit of this game, came in dinged up with a knee injury. We will continue to monitor that, obviously, throughout the upcoming week and and the rest of the season if that does linger on. But nine carries, 38 yards, one touchdown. That doesn't jump off the page. But again, it's, it's the context of how they're doing it. It's the, you know, the big runs on on short yardage downs. It's Marcus Mariota. And I know he did not have the best game and and I'm going to get to him in in one second, but kind of that dropped snap down there in the red zone that he was able to corral and throw it away. A play like that honestly could be the difference in a game like today where it is 23, 20, the Browns are driving at the end of the game, have a chance to, to win it. It kind of felt like we'd seen this script before I've been in Mercedes Benz stadium many, many times where that script has played out and you look at yourself and how do you look at yourself? How do you do that guy? Um, no, you, you, you kind of think to yourself, how did they let this one get away? You know, they were in control. They were moving the ball. They were doing things well. And then all of a sudden you look up and it's like, wow, they lost that game. This team feels like the opposite. It's, it's not always going to be pretty. It's not always going to feel like everything is in hand, but I'd so much rather look up and say, wow, they won that game as opposed to the opposite. So last thing here for my just quick takeaways 
from today's game. And again, we will have a much more in-depth conversation with Ovi uh, on Monday morning. So I encourage you to check that out. We may have a special guest uh, for this week's episode. I don't know. We're working on that. So, you know, if you hear this, get excited because potentially you could have a new voice that you're familiar with uh, joining us on the podcast this evening. But I don't want to promise anything that we can't deliver. But Mark Smariota, not his best game. And I have been not necessarily a defender. I think I've been more of a pragmatist when it comes to Marcus Mariota, because again, what did we all think we were getting? It's not like he was going to walk in here and, and look like Aaron Rodgers, but he had done a very good job. I think of, of managing the game up until the fourth quarter recently. And again, that was an issue, uh, fumbles, interceptions, things like that. And he's got to clean that stuff up. However, the Falcons won this game. So yes, they kind of did it in spite of Marcus Mariota, although that feels a little bit strong, but it's not inaccurate. I don't know if the Falcons are going to make a change because they won this game. And again, they're, they're two and two. I just said, I think that they have a, a sneaky chance to make a push at the playoffs or at least be very similar to the way they were last year where it's the beginning of December and we're kind of like, Hey, you know, look at us. Who would have thought not me. Um, and they're, and they're hanging around, but they find a lot of ways to win. I just don't know if, if Desmond Ritter, if you insert him into this game, is the outcome different? It, it probably is, but I don't know if that's necessarily in the Falcons favor. Now I get it. Everybody wants to see what you have, right? And I'm sure that the Falcons do as well. Yes, they get to see him out there in practice, but it is different in a game. It is different on a Sunday and, and we do want to see can Desmond Ritter hack it on Sundays in the NFL after looking great throughout the preseason. I mean, he was one of the, if not the biggest kind of positive surprise, I think, in the preseason. So I totally understand everybody kind of wanting to, to see him out there, especially after Marcus Mariota throws a bad pick or throws a ball low or throws a ball high or just has a fumble in the backfield or all of these little miscues that seem to be plaguing him so far this season. But the Falcons obviously and clearly are turning to him for a reason. They know better than we all do. When is the right time for Desmond Ritter to get out there? What does Marcus Mariota bring to the table that Ritter doesn't? He is a rookie. All of this stuff should factor in. And again, the Falcons won this game. So I don't think you're going to see a change at the quarterback position uh, this upcoming week. Yes, I do understand the calls for Desmond Ritter. I, I totally get it especially when you kind of, again, look at that stat line and it's seven of 19, 139 yards, one interception. The, uh, the Steelers turned to uh, Kenny Pickett in today's game. So he's the first rookie of this class. Well, no, I guess Malik Willis did play on a Thursday night when the Titans were getting blown out, but it feels like the Kenny Pickett uh, move was deliberate, intentional, and, and probably will last. However, they lost that game and they were in a position to win that game. So, I would rather emerge here with the victory than necessarily just seeing what we have in Desmond Ritter. Let's put him out there just to see what we've got. Um, even though they did win this game, I think, in spite of Marcus Mariota, not because of Marcus Mariota. So I get all of that. Last thing before we get out of here, and again, we will have much, much more on today's game, uh, specifically the defense, because I feel like I've talked a lot about the offense uh, here. Sometimes it's just harder to... Uh, 
totally understand the defense without thinking about it, looking back and, and kind of reflecting upon everything. D offered great interception there at the end uh, to win the game. Um, he continues to be a real bright spot. I think Lorenzo Carter, it's a real bright spot. The linebackers in general, um, I think have done a really good job, but Kyle Pitts, everybody's got to stop freaking out about him. Just lining up in the backfield. The Falcons do this. They are creative with their play designs. They put guys in unusual spots. It doesn't mean that Kyle Pitts is taken out of the play. His jumping catch against Seattle when he was down the right sideline and made a huge leaping grab. That was awesome. And, and everybody tweeted about it and shared the video. And it was a really cool highlight. He was lined up in the backfield. He was lined up right next to Marcus Mariota, standing to his right. He ran a wheel route out of the backfield. It's something that NFL offenses like to run because you can get certain mismatches um, against defensive players. And that's what the Falcons are doing. It is a way to specifically kind of control who is matching up against Kyle Pitts because usually your running backs are going against linebackers and safeties. Kyle Pitts is too fast for a linebacker or a safety to cover. He's too big for a corner to cover, but putting him in the backfield makes it much harder for teams to double team Kyle Pitts because they can't really bracket him off if he's releasing out of the backfield. So let's all just stop doing this. Can we can we stop like every single time that Kyle Pitts doesn't get the ball and, or Kyle Pitts is lined up somewhere unusual? Sure, it's very simple just to put him out there in the slot and throw him a quick slant or whatever, but I appreciate what the Falcons are doing. I get what they're trying to do. Sure, it may not work out, but... This is a long haul game. They may hand the ball off to Kyle Pitts at some point. They may be showing these looks right now in this game for next week's matchup against Tampa Bay. There's a lot that goes into it that we do not know, that we are not privy to. It's fair to question it, but I understand what they're doing, and, and that's kind of my job is to help provide a little bit of insight. So I think it's just a way to dictate who is matching up against Kyle Pitts on the defensive side because that gives them actually a better chance to get Kyle Pitts the ball. So I know that you guys look at him lining up in the backfield is like, why aren't they using Kyle Pitts the way that we want to? If anything, I think it is a way to use Kyle Pitts exactly how everybody wants Kyle Pitts to be used. It just doesn't always work out that way. Um, but it's not necessarily because he is lining up in the backfield. So that is it uh, for our instant reactions for today's game. Again, big win for Atlanta at home. 23-20 is the final score. They moved to 2-2 two and two on the season. It was not pretty, but it was a victory. And that's all that matters. And I really do appreciate and respect kind of the gritty nature of this team. They're figuring out ways to win close games. They did not score 26 points. So that breaks their uh, their streak of, of three games with at least 26 points. But who cares? Who gives a damn? 23-20. That's a victory. Oh, it's so sweet. So thank you guys for listening again. Catch us early Monday morning. There will be another podcast with Ovi and I giving our full breakdown of today's game. And remember, today's podcast is presented by Bet Online, just like they all are. Um, go celebrate this victory. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll see you bright and early Monday morning. And as always, everybody, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.